Vince Everett Ellison, thank you so much for being there with me. How are you, friend? I'm doing great, Reverend Brian. How are you? Doing fantastically well, Vince, and I thank you so much for coming back on with us. How are you faring during these uh, troubled times during Corona? Uh, brother, I am having a ball because I haven't listened to anything uh, my governor has said. Ralph Ralph Northam, you know, the guy that walked around in blackface, right. inside the Ku Klux Klan, right. uh, decided that he wanted to give me orders. And, uh, of course, he has no credibility with me, so... As far as anything that he said, I haven't listened to. Matter of fact, the day that he gave the quarantine order for everybody stay at home, as soon as he said it, I put on my shoes, put on uh, my clothes, and I told my wife, where are you going? I said, I'm going up for a drive because Ralph Northam told me not to. <laughs> is it that type of civil disobedience that is in the American spirit? Is that something that maybe uh, some people, Vince, I understand it. I just heard that you understand it. But do Americans understand uh, what can be lost if, in fact, we yield to this type of thing? Talk to us. I, I think that I think most do. Well, we, 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 we're having a we're having a serious, serious conversation in this country right now. I don't think our country has been this divided since the Civil War. Um, we 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 actually are having um, a, a real conversation again about what it is to be an American, and it's kind of gotten lost. Um, if, if you ask the average black person right now, uh, who freed you? They will tell you Abraham Lincoln. But Reverend Brian, you and I know that Jesus Christ freed us. That's right. And so we get into this 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 conversation here about innately knowing who you are, whether or not your freedoms come from God or whether or not your freedoms come from government. And too many of us, especially Black Americans, believe that they come from government. Uh, as I as I wrote in my book, The Iron Triangle, uh, when um, I was listening to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s "I Have a Dream" speech, and while he was giving the speech, he said. Um, uh, we come here to Washington, he said, 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, a Negro is still not free. And when I heard that, I, I, it, 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 it occurred to me that this is where so many of us get our idea that we have to go to government for our freedom, that we have to ask for our freedom, that we have to march and, and protest for our freedom. And our freedoms come from God. They do not come from government. And when government tries to take our freedom away, you say, oh, you can't take it because you never gave it to them. It's not yours to take. It's mine. Now, you can give me information. You can you can give me all the information that you need. And then as a free man, I'll decide how to live my life. You don't tell me how to live it. Absolutely. I'll decide how to live my life. I'll decide how to let my family live their life. And I will then re- accept responsibility for what happens to me. That's and, freedom. And friends, full disclosure, just in case you don't know, and you've I just come in from Mars or somewhere and you've tuned in the CL Bryant show and you happen to be listening to myself and Vince Everett Ellison talking. We are two American men who happen to be black in this country, who happen to be Christian above all and uh, then conservative in our views. You are not listening to uh, white conservative uh, men talking here. These are American men, Christian men who have these views. So don't buy into the lie, uh, the lie that there's no black men or you know, of our, who look like Vince and I in this country who don't have it. Let me ask you this, Vince. Let me ask you this. Um, when it comes to bringing to the table, I, I say this a lot in, in speeches that I do across the country. Uh, anybody can take stuff off the table that you and I put on it, right? They can, they can come mm-hmm. by and eat. Right. They can eat all. They can eat everything they want if you and I put it on it. But is, is it 
character that actually causes you to put something on the table yourself so that others can also eat from what you put there instead of you just constantly taking off the table. Have, have, have we gotten to a point where all we want to do is take, talk to us, Vince Edwards. Yeah, yes, 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 yes brother. I mean, you know, when we look at this virus, for instance, what's going on here right now, I recall watching the movie Mississippi Burning back in, I think it was in the 80s or the 90s, uh, uh, you remember that movie, I'm sure, Mississippi yeah, Burning, oh yeah, Gene oh, Hagman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, grew up in Louisiana. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was about, the, uh, about the murder of Sonny Goodman and Cheney down in Mississippi. Yeah, the FBI yeah. found out who the murderers were. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Gene Hackman uh, from the, was from the South. He was telling uh, Foe about the South. And he told him about the sharecropper uh, that had left uh, the plantation and was, was, was had started his own field and was expanding. And that his father, being a, a, a poor white man, uh, saw this and got jealous, and he said the next thing he knew that they had poisoned this poor sharecropper's farm. Uh, yeah. his, 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 his mules. Yeah. So they would force him back on the plantation. As I watch what's going now on here now in Black America, for years we were marginalized and and, and we were on welfare and, and we had no jobs. And Trump comes along. Yeah. Next thing you know, he has the highest Black unemployment in the history of the nation. Black people open shops and businesses, and they have jobs. And then this virus hits, and now when there's a, a, a little gap to open it back up, what is, what is the Democratic Party telling all black people? Stay home. Right. Don't go anywhere. Right. Keep your shop shut. It's the old Democrat playbook of making sure you can't put nothing on the table. Right. That you have to always come to them to right. get what you need. They want these people to lose their jobs. They want them to lose their shops. They want them to lose their livelihoods. If you turn on CNN right now, you're going to see them. Down in Georgia, down in Atlanta, all of these black mayors and whatnot telling black Americans, stay at home. Right. Don't come out. Right. Don't listen to what no one's telling you. Let your shops go. Let your jobs go. Let everything go. Yeah. They're trying to put them right back on the plantation because they saw that they were improving their lives. Exactly. And they know. Exactly. But if black people improve their lives, then no one's going to leave me, the Democrat Party. And what has happened, uh, too, we were just about, as you were uh, saying and alluding to, uh, Vince Everett Ellison is my uh, special guest author of The Iron Triangle. But Vince, before I, I, I say this, I want you to tell the folks how to get in touch with you and how to get a hold of the book. And then I'll, I'll uh, say what I'm going to say. But I want right while it's hot, while the iron's hot, tell the folks um, how to get in touch. Yes, you can go to my website. It's irontrianglebook.com. irontrianglebook.com. You can get the book on Amazon. You can get it on barnesandnoble.com. Uh, you can go uh, to the bookstores, Barnes & Noble. Also, you can, you can uh, get the book off my website. The excerpts from the book, they are uh, my, my, my appearances where I've talked on talk shows and the blogs that I also write. So irontrianglebook.com. You can contact me on, on there also and send me messages and invite me or just have a conversation with me. I'd love to hear from anyone, anyone that wants to talk to me. Vince Everett Ellison, I want you to stay with me uh, through the the break, Vince. Although, no, we have about uh, 10 minutes. We have about 10 minutes left in this segment. But uh, I, I want to talk to you, uh, Vince, about the fear tactic that has been used on uh, black folks uh, from uh, way back uh, in the 60s. Mm. And I can remember I was just about eight, nine years old in uh, 65 when uh, Warner, Sh uh, Cheney, and Goodman were killed in Jet Magazine, mm -hmm. which was a prominent black magazine back in the day, Jet Magazine. I remember the graphic pictures of them finding uh, them, their bodies, and they had them in Jet. They had the pictures in Jet Magazine, and fear, fear was the tactic 
that was used uh, then to drive the vote. I noticed, and, and even though it was horrible, it was actually horrendous uh, what had happened. The Democrats and uh, have always used fear tactics to drive us, and I see that it is being used in this coronavirus. From what you described, they're telling them to stay home because uh, they are basically got them scared to death that they're going to die if they don't. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be effective? Talk to us. Yeah, well, you know, that's, it, it remains to be seen, but I hope not. But we, we've been, um, we, uh, in, in my book, The Iron Triangle, I talked about cognitive dissonance and Stockholm Syndrome and how they've used that to keep us in place for the last 200 years. Um, fear, as you know, is not of God. Right. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Uh, fear is always your greatest enemy. And what the Democrats will tell you, they'll tell you what you're going to lose if you leave them, not what you're going to gain if you stay. No, right, right, right now they, they they say that the virus is killing us uh, in much larger numbers than there are any other segment of the American population. You know, and they say this because we have these three existing conditions: diabetes, high blood pressure, and obesity, and all of that. But it's it's, it's interesting. If America catches a cold, the black community will catch pneumonia. Yeah, it always hits touch harder, whether it be AIDS, whether it be drugs, family breakdown, terrible schools. It hits our community harder. Now, the question is, why? It's been because we've been falling behind the Democratic Party for the last 200 years. Yeah. And they are nothing but a death machine. You're talking about the reverse Midas touch? <laughs> That's what they have. And if you want to go into any area that they can co- control completely where black people live, my goodness, you better not go at night. I know that's right. Because it is a bad, bad drugs, alcohol, terrible schools, no jobs. If you try to bring in any type of business, they will call it gentrification. Yeah. They don't want to hold food. They don't want to trade Joe's. No. And then when the people have the bad diets uh, because they have to go to these mom and pop shops that are selling all of this processed food, and they and they get and they and they, and they, and they suffer from obesity and they suffer from high blood pressure. But when when you try to bring in a Trader Joe's or, or Whole Foods or something like that. Mm-mm. They don't they, want the politicians are the ones that shut it down. Do not want it. Do not want it. Wal- no. Walmart tried to come into D.C. and they went crazy. No. They don't, they don't want it. Don't want it. Do and, not and, want and, it. And, 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 and then when these people have these underlying health conditions, because their politicians are the ones that kept them out, that have destroyed these cities, the very same politicians that took um, uh, Detroit and Chicago and bankrupted them. Yeah. Completely bankrupted the cities where where you're afraid to even bring a business there, and because you have food deserts, and they will tell the people right now, if you talk to them about their habits and what they're doing to bring about their own demise, they'll say you're blaming the victim. Oh yeah, and you know what, uh, Vince, uh, you saying that um, it's easy to get a church's fried chicken, a Popeyes fried chicken, a liquor store. Oh, yeah. uh, you can get a liquor store in in there real easy, but anything that would be beneficial to the health of the community, uh, especially in the black community, a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods, not happening. It's just not happening because they don't want. Let me ask you this, Vince. Um, I have been noticing this, and uh, up until just about uh, a month ago, I was traveling back and forth across the nation i noticed the homeless and i did this short documentary on the homeless but you know one thing i'm not seeing uh and maybe i'm, I'm wrong if somebody out there uh want to correct me you can i'm not seeing this uh in you, you, you talked about something peculiar it's peculiar to me that the homeless are not coming down with this in droves 
I, I just don't I just don't understand uh, this thing, and I'm not really sure who does. Uh, Vince, is that peculiar to you as well? If if gathering together the homeless, they they're not dropping dead of this for at least from what I'm seeing. What do you what would you make of that? Well, they're, they're, they're finding, uh, uh, they're finding, as you know, Reverend, that as they're doing these uh, tests now, they're finding that many more of the people have been infected than they knew. And most people have gone home, thought they had the flu, or it, uh, they were just asymptomatic. It didn't, it didn't kill them at all. They're finding that the kill ratio of this uh, COVID-19 might be less than the kill ratio of just a common flu. So a lot of the homeless um, were, or, uh, uh, probably had the disease, but just cured themselves from it. They scared us by telling us that 2 million people were going to die. That's how they scared us. They told us 2 million people were going to die of this disease. Right now, we are a little bit over 50,000. That is a 95% fault rate. They weren't said, that was not, they didn't make a mistake. They, that was a lie. It was a yeah, scare tag. People did not die. Yeah, yeah. And, and, they, and, and they knew it. And now they're finding, they, they were saying that maybe 4% of the population, uh, 4% of the people that got it is going to die. But now they're finding that it's less than 0.5% of the people that get infected and the, the the amount of people that die in the population is so small it's minuscule. It's not even enough, zero, zero point five percent or something like that. So they use the scare tactic to get us to close down this whole economy. And now they're really ramping it up in the black community to keep us afraid and keep us locked down. I don't know how this happened, but I do know now they've grabbed it and they're taking full advantage of it. And they're using fear. And as you said, they've already uh, controlled black people, have us controlled to believe whatever they say, do whatever they say. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a contrarian and I'm a free man. <laughs> I've always noticed in our community that if we want something, we believe we're supposed to go straight to government. And it comes from a slave mentality of going to the master or going to the, the as you can remember, Reverend Brown, the white man that owns the, the, the plantation, yeah. to ask him for something if you need it. Uh, and that you shouldn't even try to make a move without his permission. Oh, yeah. Because you're afraid you're going to lose what you got. Oh, yeah. My book, The Iron Triangle, talks about how these three entities, the uh, uh, most black creatures, and you are, you, are, you are not part of that group. You are one of the few that is out there doing the thing and doing it right. But most black creatures, most black politicians, and most black civic organizers form this triangle that's choking the life of the black community, and they are contractors for the Democrat Party. They are just a 2020 version of the slave system where the house Negroes were in there with the slaves that filled Negroes out there in the field. Oh, yeah. That's who they are. And it's, and it's a variation on the thing. And it's continuing unmolested right now. So they told us to stay in the house. They told us don't open up our shops. They told us don't go outside. And you have many people that are acquiescing to it. But the ones that are acquiescing to it are the ones that have always done it. And you and I are just not that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Amen is what I have uh, to say to that. Uh, Vince, when uh, we come back, in fact, we might start the conversation now. I have a little over uh, a couple of minutes. Uh, I think I'll save the question for you. I want to talk about go ye, uh, go ye into the world. And America is a nation that has uh, the means, the ability and the religious founding in order to do that. And uh, I want to talk about where our Jerusalem and our Samaria and our uh, uttermost part is. I want to talk about uh, the 
relation um, that we have with one another as Americans, and both geographically and culturally. And then you have cultures within a culture here in America as well. But we should all just be Americans. And I I want to see and I want to talk to Vince Edwards, uh, Everett Ellison, about uh, how do we view then as Americans that Jerusalem, that Samaria and the uttermost part of the world is that still our job uh, is america failing at it are we succeeding at it have we changed course on that we're going to talk about that uh folks because our existence does in fact depend on how we view our founding are we a judeo-christian nation you know i say that we are uh is god's hand moving in america i think that i certainly believe it is but do americans believe that God's going to do what he's going to do, okay, whether you believe it or not. But do Americans have that in their heart? Are we losing that? Do we need to regain that? I'm CL, on with Vince Everett Ellison, author of The Iron Triangle. Get that book. We're going to talk more with him when we return. If you don't have both hours of The CL Bryant Show, download free The CL Bryant Show app. Get my movie, Runaway Slave, which uh, we're about to re-release it. Uh, throughout uh, the nation, and uh, it was the forerunner of Walk Away and Blexit, uh, Runaway Slave. Uh, released it eight years ago. We're about to re-release it. I'll talk to you soon. I'm CL. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. To all of our friends who may be traveling through the, the deserted Times Square, it is eerie. You can see tumbleweed coming through there. But look right above Ripley's Believe It or Not, the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not. And above there, you will see the Red State Talk billboard there in Times Square, just a block from where we dropped the big ball in New York City on New Year's night. And every hour, 
the C.L. Bryant Show, 24 hours a day, pops up on that big screen. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you. Download free the C.L. Bryant Show app. Go to theclbryantshow.com. On with me today, special guest as Vince Everett Ellison, author of the Iron Triangle, and he was laying it down when we left, and I wanted to get his opinion, wanted him to opine eloquently, as he has been doing, on the topic of us as Christians, as a Christian nation. Are we still going uh, there for into all the world, uh, starting in Jerusalem, Samaria? Are we as black pastors? Talk to us about that, uh, um, uh, Vince, because black pastors need to hear from others who are black in the congregation because there has to be an awakening. Talk to us about the role of the black church and uh, what we should be doing. Talk to us about it. You know what, Reverend Brian, it, it, it breaks my heart because the black church has been given a, a, a special status in America. And, you know, it came through the civil rights movement. The fact that it was actually a church, a church-led movement. And it, it sanctified itself during that time. It became well known. And Martin Luther King, Jr., Ralph Albert, Matthew, Reverend Shuttlesworth, all of them led this, led this movement that the world watched and after it all. After it, it's, it, 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 it seems that when African Americans decided that they were going to go political and they went back to the party of their former masters, which was the Democrat Party, it's, it, it, they became stuck there. And when the liberals decided in the 70s to take over the party, Many of the conservatives in the party left and became, they became Republicans, but the conservative blacks stayed in the Democrat Party. And they refused to, and so they became this hybrid. Uh, in Esquire magazine, they called them the gospel left, where they are um, Christians only for two hours, and that's on Sunday morning. Um, we, we, we started supporting, we want, to, we, we want to remain Christians, but we want to support politics that's completely contrary. To the Christian point of view, uh, black pastors now supporting same-sex marriage. They are supporting um, 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 transgender operations for, 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 for children. They're paid by, pay for by the federal government. They're paying for abortion, fairly funded, up until birth. And sometimes, you know, Ralph Northam said you can take it to afterbirth. Uh, they they support banning prayer from schools and the Bible from schools, and um, they're against religious education. And now they've taken a whole generation of children, and they have created a cultural genocide. Uh, you, 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 you're not a little bit older than the rest of them, but we are some of the few black people who still remember how it used to be. Yeah. Right, right now, these younger black people don't even know what right looks like because the left grabbed them. Right. And put them in, in schools that taught them completely out of our culture. When I went to school, nobody disrespected the teacher. Oh, no. We no. had black men that went to school. They were school teachers, and they had discipline. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. You know, we're talking with Vince Everett Ellison, and Vince, uh, you and I can say this um, as in a way that our children, even our grandchildren at this point, because I have grandchildren now, uh, couldn't say one thing I knew about, and I went to segregated schools up until I was mm -hmm. in the seventh grade, and uh, then integration came in 1968 in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, but Vince, one thing I can say about the black teacher, 
back in the day before we integrated. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying things wrong, anything wrong with integration. I'm not saying that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm just, I'm just making an observation. The black teacher wanted me to succeed. I yeah, knew I- that. I knew that he or she, and we had black and white, I mean, we had black male and female, what I'm saying, male and female black teachers who we knew did not play. And that's what they said. We're well, not playing with you. That's what they tell you that. Uh, and they wanted you to succeed. Vince. Oh, well, Vince, I lost Vince. Call me back, Michelle. We lost you guys. Call me back. But uh, Vince, that's what we want to make certain of is that that black that student not the black student but that student is in fact being taught by someone who wants them to succeed Vince and Ellison and Vince Everett Ellison and I were talking about that and uh, somehow I lost him. I don't know what happened. The way we're having to do uh, things now, I got him. There we go. We got him. Got him back now. And uh, Vince, uh, I, I lost you right as we were making that point about the black teacher. And uh, what would you say about that era in time? What changed? When did this flip come? Well, you know, um, we, we wanted to integrate so badly. That was the problem. They, they wanted, uh, they, they, they told us that integration was a thing to be desired and that what we had was not good enough. Uh, if you if you read Brown versus Board of Education, it did not say anywhere in Brown that the black children were not getting a good education. What it said was that we felt inferior and that sitting black children beside white children would stop us from, being, from feeling inferior. So they integrated the schools. But what they did was it gave power to the federal government to control the federal government came to the enforcement mechanism. And or the liberals took over the public educational system through the teachers' unions, and they ran out of God, and they ran out of discipline. Uh, they knew, and there have been studies that have proven that if a black child has a black male teacher for the, uh, the first uh, five years of his life, only one or two black male teachers, that their odds of graduating expand exponentially. So they made sure they got most of the black male teachers out. Right. And then they took out the discipline. And as you know, Reverend Brian, that if you don't have a real black man in that school, right. you're not going to tell him that a child can talk to him any kind of way, and he can't do anything about it. You better believe it. He's not going to tolerate that. You better believe it. Arthur Thompson was uh, the Thompson was from Nigeria. He was our black principal at Central Free Methodist uh, a day school where I went to elementary school, a segregated school. And uh, and Reverend Alston was uh, the, the, the pastor there at that that place. And let me tell you something. They did not play. They were strong black men, but they also had intelligent, strong black women who were oh, our yeah. examples, who were teaching us. Do you know what else went away? during that period in time uh vince ellison was the was black business black mm-hmm. business was thriving before the schools became integrated and we stopped we st- i did not become smarter sitting next to little johnny I, I i i did not become smarter in fact my grades got worse than mm-hmm. better when i when the schools became integrated not blaming integ- integration i'm just saying the attention that i needed uh, went away. It became, as you said, a government-run organization that took away those things that I was familiar with: God and country, family. It took that away. And yeah, uh, they they did they didn't let it stay. They, they and that was a plan from 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 the start. Right now, even now, 
um, the, 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 the Trump administration, as you know, Reverend Brown, is pushing hard for school choice. And um, when when you get school choice, you'll get the discipline back. You'll you'll get the religion back. You'll get the um, the, the parent parental control back. And uh, that is why the uh, liberals have such a hold on public education. They know that as long as they can hold on to these children, they understand that they can control the future of America. They have eyes. They can read. They look at the SAT scores. They look at the fact that uh, 50% of black boys uh, flunk out of school and up to 50% of those that graduate are partially illiterate. They know this. And yet they never change one thing. All they want is more money. When you start talking about accountability, they and, and the NAACP turned around and they did a white paper against all charter schools. They want them outlawed because yeah. they're still fighting for this holy grail of forced integration. Yeah, and it doesn't matter that Harvard has uh, issued a uh, a study that shows that the schools now are more segregated than they were. Yeah, from Brown versus Board of Education. Absolutely, it doesn't matter. But but they have control, and there are schools that are existing today. Where for the last two years they have not graduated one child that 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 that, that was proficient in math or science or reading in Baltimore and in other cities, and they open them every year, and they continually put children in those schools. These are children that these rich white liberals would not put their dog in. No, they but wouldn't. They demand that they send black children there. You're absolutely right. And the strangest thing about all of that, talking about Baltimore, is that they kept a reelecting and reelecting Elijah Cummings to mm-hmm. the House of Representatives over and over and over again, simply because he was Elijah Cummings and he was black, but he was not doing a thing for his people in that in his district. Isn't, isn't, isn't that amazing? It's like when, when, when Joe Biden was so happy to have gotten Jim Clyburn's uh, in, in, in endorsement. And Jim Clyburn has been the congressman of this uh, district in South Carolina for 27 years. Yeah. And for 27 years, it has been the poorest, most ill-educated, most crime-ridden, drug-infested district in the whole state and one of the worst in the whole country. Nevertheless, Joe Biden covered it his endorsement, because this is how Joe Biden sees black people. He sees them being exactly there. He sees Jim Clyburn as a success. Yeah. The same way they see a lot of commons as a success. Why yeah. are they successful? Because of one reason. Their districts vote 90% Democrat. That's it. Absolutely. That matters. Absolutely. They don't have many go to jail. They don't have many go to prison. They don't have many on drugs. They don't have many families break down. How are they voting? The Democrat. vote, the vote, the vote. That's it's exactly all that right. matters. As long as they get 90% of the black vote, they will never change the thing. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I want to thank you, man, for saying it the way you say it and doing it the way you do it. Uh, tell the folks one more time, uh, Vince, how to get in touch with, with you and get a hold of your book. Well, you can contact me again. My um, webpage is irontrianglebook.com. It's irontrianglebook.com. Uh, I please get this book. And the one thing I want you to know and your listeners to know, Reverend Brian. As I say in, on the third page of my book, the, that uh, white conservative Republicans have nothing more to apologize for. Nothing. Everything that's wrong in the black community can be fixed in the black community. We are all Christians. We're all children of God. And, uh, and the Iron Triangle and the Democratic Party seem to have one primary goal to get you maintain power. They want to keep black and white Christians separated. They want to keep us hating and fighting one another. If you look at what we believe, and, and even the Washington Post had a story on it last week, it proves that black people are more conservative than whites, uh, uh, Christian conservatives are. Yeah. Nevertheless, 
be so completely opposite politically. Yeah. And this is our challenge today. And I know you've been fighting for a long time, longer than me. But this is the challenge, to bridge that gap between black and white Christians because politics will not save us. Only the blood of Jesus Christ will save us. And his last prayer before he went to the cross was for unity. Yeah. He knew that Satan was going to come in and divide his children. And that would be the only way he could defeat us. And we have fallen right into the trap. This is the fight to bring us together, bring the children of Christ together. We are heirs of Jesus Christ. We have nothing to fear. The world is ours. And we're going to, me and you, working together and move this, we're going to come back and we're going to reclaim. That works. That works, man. And you got to come back real soon. And Vince, I don't think you and I have had a chance to talk yet, but we do need to speak. I do have uh, your contact. It's on me to give. I'll, I'll give you a call here this week. I assure you that there is work that we can do uh, together. God bless you and God keep you. Thank you so much for being on with me here today. And I know that you're going to continue to fight the good fight because you are uh, fighting the good fight. Vince Everett Ellison. The Iron Triangle. Get his book. I'm CL. Thanks so much, Vince. Talk to you soon.